Today is Ask Akira. Is Ask the Dawn? Yes, it's Ask Akira. What do we know about him? He's got clout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. He does. And uh, you were just listening to uh, a preview of the new EP, extended play, four-track EP from Akira the Dawn and Internet Historian. Internet Historian and Akira the Dawn have come together yet again, but this time it's bespoke. It, this isn't a case, this wasn't me sampling something Internet Historian had already done. This was us coming together and creating something special and new that doesn't exist anywhere else, has not exist anywhere else. You are, this is Internet Historian, Anakira the Dawn. It's the Be Me EP, Be Me EP, four tracks, will be released on all streaming platforms tomorrow. Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon, wherever you are, you'll be able to listen to that whole goddamn thing. And uh, it's, it's pretty glorious. As, as usual, pretty much, I keep doing these projects and the last song is the best. I felt that was the case on every project I've done recently. It was the case with the Elon thing. It was the case with the David Foster Wallace thing. I think it was the case with Genesis, I think. It certainly is the case with this. But also, it's all, the last track is also the one that makes me cry. That's how I know something's really good, if it makes me cry. And the last track on the Internet Historian EP definitely makes me cry. It's glorious. Uh, Shouts out to everybody locked in. Uh, let me just switch on the Instagram. Face ID, thank you. I got one of these new iPhone XS things. It's got this face ID thing on it that I was... It's kind of like when I first heard about like earless iPhone buds and the initial reaction is to mock and you go, oh, that's stupid. Just chop off the wire of a regular one. And then you're like, oh, actually that's really convenient and joyful. Um, the same with the face ID on the iPhone. I hated the idea of it. I hate like everything about it. But then it's like, all right, well, previously it was scanning my thumbprint. Like, all those privacy concerns, it's kind of like, we are already in the dystopia. It's like, enjoy the benefits or go live up a mountain. 
I might, I might still go live up a mountain, but then how would I talk to you guys every Thursday? So anyway, just like look, I just look at the phone and it opens. It's great. It's actually really useful. And I find myself doing this ridiculous thing where I'm like, give it a really hard stare as if that makes a fucking difference to how it understands my face or not. Anyway, so yes, uh, I can tell, I guess I'll take this face down, but it's nice having an overlay. Look, there's an overlay. An overlay, because we're just like upping the quality of these broadcasts. Woo, overlay, overlay, overlay. Uh, would you guys like to see the chat on the screen again? I did take that down. I can't even remember why. We could always bring that back. How is everybody? Shouts out to everybody locked in. Uh, Shouts out to everyone on the YouTube locked in early. Badmotherfuckers.com. Shouts out to my boy YouTube hero, Alex. He's moderating. He's holding it down. He's got a spanner. He's been a bad man. Ramiro. What up, Ramiro? What up, Liberty Snake Bear? The first bear in the building. What up to that bear? Yo, uh, what up, El Dorado? It is indeed live right now. What up, Daniel? What up, Tom Wonderland? What up, Daniel? What up, Carl Wiggum? What up, Mr. Pickle? What up, Liberty? Liberty Snake Bear. Yes. Uh, Liberty Snake Bear says, I watched your last Akira, giving a lot of praise to the unbearables and Dr. Owen Benjamin. I'm the one who introduced the bears to your meaning wave. Well, that's because you're a legendary bird motherfucker, Liberty Snake Bear. Liberty Snake Bear, you legend. You absolute glorious thing. Akira. He's, he's, he's got clout. Yo, what do you know about uh, Liberty Snake Bear? He's got clout. Oh, shit. I believe he does. What up, Eldorado? Love from the UK. Yeah, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Let me know where you are out there. Let me know where you are. What up, Instagram gang? Uh, are we all, I think we're on Facebook as well. Shouts out to Facebook. Shouts out to YouTube. Shouts out to Instagram. Shouts out to everybody locked in. This is a beautiful day to be alive, my, my Gs. My ladies, my Gs. Uh, all of you wave lords, all of you wave, wave, we still need a name, we've got to work out this name thing. What are we, surfers, wave, waves, dr whatever, we've got to work it out. Uh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, James Atkins says, last songs on your albums are often the most meaningful. Yeah, there they are. Roberto Sanchez, tell Owen Benjamin that cancel culture is cancelled. Yo, I've been trying to tell people, cancel culture is cancelled, you can't just cancel people. Because that's just foolish. I said, I've been saying this. Cancel culture is cancelled. What we were involved in is uh, civil culture, right? The crazy people lately have been calling for an end to civility. That means that the thing we must hang on to the most is civility. Because when the crazies say something or demand something, you know that the opposite is the case. And uh, civility does not involve cancelling people. It involves engaging with the, the, the debate, the idea, and, and debating and presenting correct ideas in a useful fashion. That's what's up. Gang, gang, shout out to Ill Faded over there on Instagram. Ill Faded is one of the greatest producers in the game. He's also got one of the best ponytails in the game. He's a bad man from Houston. Shout out to bad men everywhere everywhere and yes cancel culture is cancelled you don't cancel that's what kids do kids are like oh, i'm not playing with you anymore uh, no 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 we engage we debate we present the ideas best ideas possible right we win with our reason and with our logic because guess what we're in the future and guess what in 20 in in uh 207 or whatever they had reason and logic and uh i've been reading the writings of Roman emperors lately. And those motherfuckers knew what was up. Those motherfuckers knew what was up. And we're 2,000 years later and we're, and we're like certain people are, are, are less, uh, less smart and less able to deal with the nature of reality than people were then. That's no good. We're in the future. This is the best time to be alive in the history of mankind. We've got bottles of water out here. Mm. Yo. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. I would like to take this opportunity to thank the ancestors for going through everything they went through so that we can be right here now with bottles of water, with iPhone excesses, live streaming on Facebook and YouTube and all these things at the same damn time with soundboards to say our names. He's got Akira. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Yo, uh, I would also like to take this opportunity. Yeah, where is everybody? Where is everybody? Let me know where you're at. Let me know where you're at because we're about to do the, uh, the international high five. The international high five is a new... It's a new uh, custom. Customs are important, man. They, the customs, they ground you in your culture. They keep you connected to where you came from, your ancestry. They connect you to your people, to your tribe. Customs are important. And we've got a new custom here uh, in the Meaning Wave universe, in Akira the Downtown. We've got a custom. It's called the International High Five. All right, so uh, where is everybody? Where are you at? Yo, Owen Smith is in Denver. Oi, 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 what up? Uh, that's dope. 
uh, I am in Los Angeles. Liberty Snake Bear is in Phoenix, Arizona. Tomas Smith is in Florida. Florida. How about that? Daniel Wilkie is in Scotland. Oh my gosh. Roberto Sanchez is also in Florida. Jazzy Vibes is in Canada. Andrew Jocelyn is in Denver. Oh my God. YouTube Hero Alex is in Canada. What is it with Can Canadians being dope? Brutal Brutalitops is in Ohio. El Dorado is in London. Carl Weppercher is in Montana. See, motherfuckers is all over the world. Ill Faded is on his way to LA. Yeah, get over bar. You, by the way, you ain't still, still, still ain't been by the studio. Let's get, yes. Ill Faded says, let's rock a party together. I agree. Uh, Normie Roots is in Northern Michigan. Laurie is in the UK. James is in New Zealand. Huntsville, Canada. I thought Huntsville was in, uh, was, I thought that's what you called Houston. Uh, Tom Wonderland is in a computer. So there you go. Yeah, Tom Wonderland is part of the, the simulation. He knows it. I don't know. He's, uh, he's also got an Elon Musk avatar. <laughs> Yo. So yeah, uh, Jess Rock is in Bonatown, USA, population one. I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of people in Bonatown. I think there's a lot of people in Bonatown. Daniel is in NYC. See, okay, we're all over the world. So this is an international broadcast. This is an international community. So let's do, let's do the international high five. You ready for the international high five? We, we high five like this. Boom. We high five the screen. International high five. All right. Sign for the international high five, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? And you can do this if you're listening later on the podcast, by the way. Just high five a person you're walking past or high five. Just high five. High fiving is dope. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Boo! International high five. Boo! Boo! Yes. That's for you. That's for you. That's for you. You, 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 you. And most importantly, you. If you're doing a high five, it's always good to look at the elbow. All right? That's how you don't miss. Look at the elbow. Boom. Boom. Also good to keep the arms straight. Boom. Like if you're punching someone in the face, right? Power, power, yeah. What up to Kansas City, what up Sean? Everybody, that was the international high five. Washington felt that. Oh my God, they felt that in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my God. Yo, how about that? What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. What up Alex? Says listening to JBP Genesis again before you even started the stream. That's because you're smart, I'm proud of you. Smart. Yo, okay, so yeah, let me, let me fill you in before we get into, uh, before we get into the, the knowledge dispension because today we have a topic i will be answering questions but the uh the overarching topic today is how to be an expert all right we're going to talk about being an expert how you can become an expert i'm a goddamn expert all right and uh maybe you are too you probably are i think i think a lot of people are experts in something even if it's being you if that's what you're an expert in but uh so we're going to talk about expertise and being an expert and yeah, but before that, what's going on? What's going on? Well, first off, uh, if you could tweet out the link, I would appreciate that. If people are on Twitter and stuff, tweet out the link so I can retweet it. I need to work out. How to, yeah. Um, okay. So coming up, as I mentioned, tomorrow we've got the Internet Historian EP. Tomorrow, dropping on all platforms. That's, that's great and it's going to be beautiful. Uh, next week, we have the first Intellectual Dark Wave record. The first Intellectual Dark Wave record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is Eric Weinstein. Nemesis. Nemesis. That's what it's called. It's called uh, Intellectual Dark Wave Nemesis, featuring Eric Weinstein. It's, I'm finishing it today. Uh, I'm finishing the mix today. It's basically done. It's amazing. Again, the last track is heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, all, it's all dope. So, yeah, that's, that's dropping next week. So, that is something to be hyped about. You should be hyped about is that is dope. Uh, hey, yo, what up, Alex? Says, thank you, proud of you. Without you, I may not have a life to offer. Take it. Hey, how about that? Big up, Alex, you bad man. Um, yeah, we made some changes to the Patreon. Hey, look at that. We made some changes to the Patreon based on what it was that you wanted from the Patreon. And uh, what we've done is we've adjusted it. It used to be that people who donated, who uh, subscribed for $10 a month got access to all the wallpapers. Now, if you donate $5, five a month, if you subscribe for $5 a month, you also get the wallpaper. You get all the wallpapers. And with $10, that also gets you access to all instrumentals. People have been asking for that because, like, due to the release schedule, say I dropped last week, I dropped David Foster Wallace, Waterwave, lots of people want the instrumentals for that. They will be coming out on streaming services and stuff in, like, I don't know, a few weeks, a month. But uh, if you want them right now, you can get them on the Patreon. 
they're on the Patreon. So everything I release, the instrumentals will drop on the Patreon. Uh, also, and you can get, if you're on the $10 a month, you get those. Uh, the $25 a month, that's the All Music Club. For $25 a month, you get access to everything I release. And bearing in mind the amount of stuff I release, that's dope. I would say it means you don't have to keep going to the Bandcamp and downloading there, and you don't have to worry about missing anything. You get access to everything as it happens, as it comes out. And you also, yeah, I press go on that before everything else. So yeah, $25 a month gets you downloads of all the music. Uh, then if you go up to 50 bucks, you get a t-shirt, and then uh, 100 bucks, you get your name on everything. 500 bucks, you're a bad man. 1,000 bucks, you're a ridiculous bad man. All that ting. Yo, the Patreon is where you want to be if you want to subscribe. Essentially, if you want a music subscription to the Don world, that's where you want to go. If you want to support what the Don is doing, that's where you want to go. If you want to help us get more equipment up in this hoe and make shit better and speedier and cooler, that's where you want to go. Oh my God, that's right. That's Patreon. That's Patreon. That's what's going on with Patreon. Also, uh, my Spotify is a dope place to be. Uh, I'd be dropping a lot of music on there, obviously. I'm trying to drop everything on there now. Everything I can legally is going on there. As you can see, we've had uh, Space Wave, the Elon instrumentals just dropped yesterday. Water Wave dropped last week. Elon album dropped the week before. Genesis instrumental albums dropped before that. JBP Wave Genesis dropped before that. Uh, JBP Wave Genesis is uh, cruising its platinum status. It's on its way to 500,000 streams nearly, I think. That's dope. And uh, yeah, I also be dropping playlists on here every week. New playlists. Uh, this week we've had Britpop vibes. Uh, Britpop classics by Akira the Don. Like, how many? Isn't there? Yeah, 120 songs, eight hours of, of hand-selected Britpop classics by me. There's a JBP Wave playlist. There's a Meaning Wave playlist. There's a Swag Rap Classics playlist. Right, all my favorite swab, swag rap jams. Body bag full of that coke by Riff Raff, S-O-D-M-G. That's when Riff Raff was called Riff Raff, S-O-D-M-G, because he was signed to Soldier Boy's label, even though they'd never met in person. Right, that's how deep that swag rap playlist is. It's got the pack on it. It's got uh, Little B on it. I'm Paris Hilton. Yo, lineage, all right? Because I'm an expert on many things, and I'm out here creating the soundtrack to your life, and part of that involves Batman playlists, like barbecue vibes. All right, Barbie, songs to listen to at barbecues, like Peaches and Cream by Snoop Dogg, and Saving All My Love by Wanda Jackson, and Just One of Those Days by Sizzler. I think you can agree you'd be very happy if you heard those at a barbecue. See, I know what I'm talking about. I'm an expert. I'm an expert, so I know. Right? Lounge jams. Groove is in the heart. Rick Braun version. Have you heard that? It's groovy. Oh my gosh. Groove is in the heart. It's great. Actually, I'll play it in case it gets the stream taken down. Ha <laughs> But anyway, yes, I'm dropping playlists every week on the uh, Spotify. And links to those go out via the Patreon in case you get confused by Spotify's kind of not that great navigation. Look, there's a hip hop party playlist. It's got like a thousand songs on it. 70s party. 80s party. Summer Stay Volume 2. Yo, see, we're out here killing things. We're just being productive. We're hyper-productive experts over here in the Meaning Wave universe, soundtracking your life. What is, what is up? What is up? All right, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, so I think those are the announcements for this week. I think that's what we wanted to announce. The royal we. That's what we wanted to announce. Now, uh, yeah, uh, let's take some questions. Let's answer some questions. Uh, Tom Wonderland, what's up? Daniel Wilk, what's up? You said my server genius. Thank you, Daniel Wilk. We out here. We out here. Owen Smith, will water wave ice stream? I don't, that, is, that a, is that a sentence? Graveyard Goon says, Spotify is how we heard of you. Suggest is artist on Discovery. Forever grateful. Yo, at this point, I would like to say, shout out to the algorithms. Should we have, should we have an international high five for the algorithms? I think we should. Three, two, one. Boom! The algorithms out there doing God's work. Shouts out to the algorithms. I'm appreciative. Yo, Sean Berkson said, listen to Elon yesterday. Bond, thank you. James Atkins says, I listened to the Hyper Productivity podcast twice, practicing every day. I think five hours is my record. Five hours of what? Of being hyper productive. Huh. Hey, by the way, uh, join the Discord if you haven't. Should mention that. If you're in the Discord, there is a wonderful channel called The Path, where your fellow Don people will uh they'll 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 help you stay on the path and they'll help you be a bad motherfucker in whatever way you're trying to be there's also a book club there's also a great meme channel that uh brings me great joy every time i look at it um yeah lots of npc memes right now shouts out to the npc meme upsetting all the right people <laughs> 
Oh my god. Yes. Um, okay. So today we are talking about a number of many things, but well, our uh, primary subject is how to be an expert. All right. You want to be an expert in something? Like you probably should. You probably should want to be an expert in something, or at least one thing, maybe a number of things. But you know, if you're an expert in something, that's good because it means uh, you can charge lots of money for your expert services, and it means that you can live uh, a good lifestyle. It means you can feed your family. It means uh, you can you can help your community. You know, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good being able to charge for your services. It's pretty good being able to choose your clients as you wish. You know, you might want to do that if you're an expert, and you can do that if you're an expert. You know, if you're an expert, you can claim authority. Right, you can you can go. All right, well, I'm an authority on this, and if you so wish, you can therefore be an authoritative voice in that thing. If you're an expert, yes, you can. Or you know, you could just know a thing really intimately and really well, and that is a wonderful, wonderful thing in life to be an expert. Now, I'm a great believer in Scott Adams' talent stack theory. All right, I saw someone tweeted the other day that like, oh, it's way better to be like really good at one thing than quite good at a bunch of things, and uh, I disagree. I would say it's way better to be really good at a bunch of complementary things. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is better to be pretty good at a bunch of complementary things than really good at one thing in the modern world. Because it's no good you being the greatest painter on earth if you have no means of, uh, of getting people to see your work or know who you are or anything. And in the modern world, that would require being good at social media, networking, maybe Photoshop or some web design or some graphic design or some stuff of that nature. All right. It's no good being the best at something if you don't get to be the best at something. All right. If you can't say uh, make it so that being the best pays you enough money to be able to be being the best. So a talent stack is a, is a bunch of complementary skills that uh, help you to exist in this wonderful modern world where we have unlimited potential. We have unlimited potential right here. Unlimited potential. Pete says, is experience all you need to be an expert or do you need a good percentage of all the knowledge about one topic, i.e. having accumulated more hours it, uh, to be considered an expert? Well, that's a good question. There are, there's basically three sides of being an expert, right? In order to truly, truly be an expert, truly be an expert, truly be an expert, all right? You need to be doing three things all the time in order to, uh, to get expertise on a thing. The 10,000 hours rule, by the way, is real. You need to log your, your basically 10,000 hours of doing a thing, all right? Uh, so what my son right now is playing Bendy Run. It's, it's a game on a phone. You play this little, uh, little demon, uh, rubber hose demon called Bendy, and you're running away from stuff, collecting soup cans. And, uh, you know, he's just logging that time right now, and he's become a goddamn expert. Well, he's becoming an expert. Right, because he's logging time, and I've been teaching him. You know, you want to get good, you have to just, you have to just do it. You have to keep doing the thing over and over, and then you build up the skills, and you build up the tolerance, and this that, and the other. And uh, he's been doing it, man. He's because he's, he wants to get that golden bendy, and you need sixty thousand coins, I believe. So you've got to put the hours in. All right, got to put the time in. There's a three-pronged approach to the expert thing. The three-pronged approach is thus: uh, you need to do it. All right, <laughs> do, do, stretch, teach. All right, so you need to be doing it every day, every day. Whatever it is, you need to be doing it every day. And whatever it is, you need to find a way of working it into your daily stuff. If like, you know, if you're currently at the position where what you do every day is you go to school, but what you'd really like is to be an expert in the world of hedgehogs, you need to work out some way of, of implementing hedgehog time into your daily basis. Maybe you want to adopt a hedgehog. Maybe you're not allowed one in the house. Maybe you know somewhere you can go visit one so on and so forth you've got to get that hedgehog in your life all right you need to get that do you need to be doing every day every day no no uh no excuses no no discounts no exceptions every day you've got to be doing it every day and the more you're doing it the more time of the day you spend doing it the quicker you will get to your necessary ten thousand that ten thousand hours and when you're at ten thousand hours that's when you reach level one of expert that's level one of expert all right but here's the thing it's like Topics are often constantly evolving and the world is constantly evolving. So you two need to be constantly evolving. And uh, part two of the three-prong expert thing is the stretch principle. You need to be constantly stretching yourself. Right? You need to be constantly flexing the boundaries of your knowledge and expertise. You need to be in, in hovering between comfort and danger. 
You need to be hovering between comfort and danger and constantly pushing yourself. I am a DJ and I am an expert DJ. I am an incredible DJ and a fantastic DJ. But it's very easy when you're a DJ to fall into comfort zone. And when you fall into comfort zone, you stop being as good. Because when you, like a lot of, I see so many DJs doing this, right? They'll find a combination of songs that works and they'll just keep doing that. And then they'll start falling into the habit of just doing it at the same time in their set, just at the same time. I've seen DJs go from great DJs to, to pedestrian DJs because they find a system, they find a sequence of stuff that works. Then they just keep doing that over and over and over. And it isn't a case of going, ah, this would be the opportune time to, to unleash this sequence of combinations and want to jab, smash you in the face like a street fighter, right? Oh shit, that person's just done that. That person's just entered the room or these people are on the dance floor. And now is the time to unlock this sequence of events. No, no, no. What they do is they just play the same records in the same sequence every week. Particularly DJs who have residencies fall into this. It's easy to fall into it. And guess what? I have fallen into it. I found myself falling into it a little while back. I was like, hang on, oh shit, I'm getting too comfortable. I'm getting too comfortable. So you have to make sure, so what you have to do to get out of comfort, in my case of the DJ thing, that means you need to be constantly adding new stuff to your library, constantly finding new music, const and constantly, you have to kind of insist on some rule of like, I'm gonna play, even if it's 30% new music on a given night. 30% stuff you'd never played before. Shit, maybe it's even 10, whatever it is, but you've got to be pushing yourself, you know? I'll be doing this thing at my Sunday residency where at the first two hours, I'm only playing stuff I've never played before. And that forces me to, you know, try new things. And every time I learn some new stuff, I'm like, oh my God, this is wonderful. Now I've got this new combination of things. That plus that was magical. Or that record was fantastic. Or that record didn't work. Now I know to remove it from my library so it's not getting in the way of, uh, of me being able to do stuff. And this, this applies to everything and everything all right whatever you're doing like there will be a comfort zone that you find yourself falling into and there'll be ways you can improve you've got to be constantly flexing for ways to improve now one way you can be improving one part of the three-prong approach right is like you got to think so think of it as the holy trinity the holy trinity is you right and uh teacher student all right so you've always got to have a teacher you always want to be, in a way, an apprentice. You always want to be learning from something or someone greater than you. And, uh, you know, it used to be tricky. You used to have to go find someone. You know, you want to be a blacksmith, go find a blacksmith and be a blacksmith apprentice. You know, you want to be a wave lord, but maybe there's not a fucking wave lord in your town. You know, maybe there's no wave lord in your town. What are you going to do? Hey, guess what? You go on YouTube every Thursday and you hang out with me. There's a wave lord online at 1 p.m. every Thursday. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right? Uh, so you can hang out here. You know, whatever it is you want to do, you can now hang. The best people in the world are now online and you can go learn from them. So you can choose your mentors and you can choose them and you can choose to follow them and you can, you can create a Twitter feed wherein, you know, you can make a list on Twitter. Um, right say you're interested in stoicism you just follow the finest minds in contemporary stoicism and you log onto that feed every day and you like click all those links and you read all that stuff and you highlight write it down you highlight the things that may have meaning to you and you look at the sources and you look at the text where it came from you can be studying from the greatest minds in whatever field it is you want every day you can be doing that I, I follow like amazing DJs, you know, I follow amazing minds on all the stuff I'm interested in, all the areas I'm trying to be expert in. I, uh, I, I follow these people, I, I, I read them, I look at their book reading lists, I read, you know, like last, was it a couple of years ago, I wanted to get into uh, persuasion and Scott Adams, who's an expert on persuasion, has a, a persuasion reading list. You can go read all the books that he thinks are the books you should read. If you want to be an expert on persuasion, you go read those books, you read them again, you read all the books that they cite, you go do that. I did that. Um, I think I was 75% of the way through that reading list. You know, Jordan Peterson has a reading list. Like anyone you're interested in, will have some kind of uh, recommendations for you. And uh, so you can be learning. You can, you can be apprenticing at all times from other people, all right? So uh, yeah, you wanna be in that danger zone. You wanna be constantly learning, constantly refining your skills. Part of that also involves you, know, you being in competition with yourself, uh, the classic of being, of you know, not necessarily worrying, comparing yourself to other people, but comparing, comparing yourself to yourself. But yesterday, that's a really, really good one. Uh, you know, so you want to be making sure that you're better than you were yesterday. Are you better than you were yesterday? If the answer is no, then you need to put some fucking work in.
If the answer is no, you're slipping. Got to be getting a bit better than you were yesterday. Always. All right. Then uh, the third thing is the, the apprentice. All right. So you want to be teaching. You want to always be teaching. You want to always be doing, always be learning, always be teaching. All right. Because if you cannot clearly explain what it is that you know to another person in a way such as they can understand it and they can start doing it too, then you don't know it. Right. When you know a thing, that's when you can clearly pass it on to someone else. So you want to find yourself some students, find yourself some students. All right. And, uh, you know, again, if you don't necessarily have uh, if you can't start, if you know, if you can't start a dojo or whatever it is, you can go online and share your advice. That's one way of doing it. That's what that's what I'm doing here right now. That's what I'm doing here right now is uh, I'm trying to share some stuff that I've learned and uh, and elocute it in such a fashion that it is clearly understood using possibly made up words like elocute. Did I make that word up? I do not know. I do not know. Maybe I did. I do not know. Uh, yeah. So you want to do that? That's what you want to. Those, those are the three. That's the that's the three pronged approach. The three pronged approach, right? Be doing the thing. You want to be doing it all the time. Doing it all the time. Then you want to be pushing yourself and learning at all times. And then you want to be teaching. So that, that, that's the main, the main thing. Now back to that question. Pete says, you took an unconventional path. You became a DJ. It's not like accounting or some shit. How did you manage to not fall into fear that your motivations were perhaps misguided? And that's a very good question. Because as I always say, meaning is the motivation. Right? And you've got to look at your motivations like, huh, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Uh, what are the reasons? You know, and uh, if your mo if your motivation is weak, then you will not succeed. If your motivation is weak, if your motivation is weak, it will be very difficult for you to become an expert. It will be very difficult for you to become an expert if your motivation is weak, because you will not be able to withstand the rigors that life presents you will not be able to do those 10,000 hours you just won't be able to hack it you won't be able to hack like the first experience of doing the thing and it not it not going particularly well because it won't go particularly well at first or it's unlikely that it will and it certainly w is unlikely it will be what do well uh, consistently for any length of time in the early stages so meaning is the motivation so you need to be doing things for the right reason I've talked about this before what are my motivations my motivations are my family I wish to be uh I wish to be an example to my son. I wish to be a, a great father to my son and a great example of manhood to my son. I wish to be a great husband to my wife. All right, that, that, that's my family motivation. And I wish to be useful in the world. I wish to be useful in your world. I wish to be useful in the world, utilizing my talents, utilizing the thing that makes me uh, happy when doing it, doing what I'm really good at, what I'm best at, and doing that to as best as good of, as ultimately great a version of it as I can therefore being useful to my community and the world and therefore being uh, useful to my family being an example to my son uh, being a good husband those are the things that's my motivation there is my motivation so that so it's important that you have motivation so you want to look at that you want to go what is my motivation write it down read it out loud does it sound stupid does it sound does it make you feel good you know and also, don't worry if it sounds a bit stupid, because things can sound a bit stupid, but it's like, do you believe it? Do you believe yourself? You know, look yourself, look at, it's always good to look in the mirror, you know, self, there's that self-talk thing we spoke about, right? Self-talk is a concept I didn't even know existed until a few years ago, but like you're constantly in this dialogue with yourself, right? There's constantly this monologue going in. It's good sometimes to get it out and speak it out loud, and then you can hear how ridiculous it might sound. That's when you get to realize when you're being too hard on yourself. That's when you're being a tyrant to yourself, right? And you're like, if you, re if you're out, like, speak it out loud, you're like, holy shit, that's harsh. I wouldn't say that to my, to my mum. I wouldn't say that's my best friend. Why am I saying it to myself? James Atkins says, great advice on being a teacher. I actually love teaching people filmmaking, mentoring a little, doing more on this soon, collaborating with my cousin. She's a theater director. There you go. Boom. Now, here's the thing. You will have noticed this with your teachers. You had good teachers. You had bad teachers, right? There's a, what is the, what is the cliche? Like those that can do, those that can't teach. 
right? That's something mean people say when they've had bad teachers. I had some bad teachers. I had some good teachers. And one thing I noticed about the good teachers is the good teachers were there were the ones that still did. They were still engaged in the do bit and they were still engaged in the stretch slash learn bit. I had an art teacher. He was rubbish. He didn't, he didn't really, he didn't make art anymore. He didn't give a fuck about art, really. He wasn't learning anything new. He thought, he told me that comics weren't art and that me trying to draw comics was, was, was pathetic and not art. And he gave me bad marks. And I was good at drawing. I was really good at drawing. And this teacher gave me bad marks in art because I liked comics and drew in that kind of style. And that was my natural thing. Even though, you know, when I tried to do painting, I tried. But he still gave me bad marks because he didn't think comics was art. Now... I had another teacher later, and he was really good. And the reason he was really good was he was actively involved in painting all the time. He was always making new stuff. He he like he was interested in the form of comics. He didn't wasn't that he didn't know that much about it, but he was looking into it. He was interested in it being as an emergent art form or whatever, as he saw. He was always doing. He was always making his own art, and he was also teaching us. And he was therefore a great teacher. He had love for what he was doing. He was still interested in it. He hadn't become bitter and cynical. Uh, about the thing so he was a good teacher so yeah that, that, those are science you see those are science it's like uh people try and give you advice about if someone tries to have an opinion about something like say music right if they're not listening to new music then they have no you know their opinion about new music is invalid because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about they're not engaged in it they're not engaging in the culture you know they could talk to you they might have perfectly valid and useful knowledge about uh, you know, classical music or something, but if they're not engaged in the culture of new music, then they cannot comment usefully on it. Engaged. Akira. Engaged. For, uh, yes, yes. I'm still trying to get good at design and do that as a job, says King of the Wasteland. Still tr been trying for four plus years. Still plodding along. Good, good, as you should. I don't know if plodding is, is the right, you should be fucking banging it but that you're still on it four plus years is good but you shouldn't expect to uh get into the position of, of a thing really working in four years or a year some people some people at work some people will get like re will get into a point where something is working for them very quickly very quickly but some people it will take a long time bear in mind in my for myself right I'm still in the early stages of this. This is just at the early stages of even being profitable. It's like, it's only in the past year or so that it's been the case that all of my income and the money that supports my family comes purely from making music, playing music. It's only in the past year or so. Before that, like, I was having to do, like, graphic design jobs on the side or whatever it is. It's only relatively recently, okay? And I've been doing this for like 18 years. Like, yo, I've been doing this shit a long fucking time. Like a long time, okay? A long time. I'm only just in the position where I even have the right to talk to you and, and give you advice or whatever. Because like, you know, I was really not, um, I wasn't there. I've been trying, 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 but I was doing so much stuff wrong. I didn't have systems. I didn't have discipline. I didn't have a plan. I wasn't executing, you know? Like, you have to be doing these. You have All these things are very, very important. Discipline, incredibly important. Execution, that's part of do, is execute, all right? A man with no plan is no man. Man with no plan is no man. Tom Wonderland on over here on YouTube, he says, if you speak your truth, you have the right to teach. Exactly. And if you do not, you do not. You do not have the right to teach. Uh, side question, Zach Solomon, who can see my vocal booth in the background, says, what happened to your mirror? Uh, it was always that way. That vocal booth door is made of strips of mirror metal sheeting, which uh, we cut up and made look like smashed glass. There you go. Um, Thomas Smith, how do you know if you have the right to teach? Yeah, well, that's exactly as we were just talking about, right? Uh, you have the right to teach if you, if you know something worth fucking teaching. If you, and if you can honestly look yourself in the eye and, and say that you do. I mean, we all have something valuable, right, to add. Everyone knows something. So it's, you just make sure that you're not uh, giving advice on stuff that you don't know. And if you are, that you say, I, look, I, I'm not in the position to talk about this bit, but I know this bit, you know. 
you and on it you know you know when you're telling the truth you know when you're lying when you tell a lie you get a little stab in the fucking I get like physical I get a physical thing if I if I tell a lie sometimes you'd be saying something and then you're like oh that's not actually accurate you know and you and you feel it even if you're if you're like as I am and I know a lot of you are really engaged in the uh tell the truth thing the tell the truth principle just be truthful at all times even if it even if it's painful you know as well it's painful when you and the more you do it the more you notice the pain when you're not doing it and and the more you notice all the times in the past that you would have defaulted to a lie just to make a situation more comfortable seemingly make the other person more comfortable or make yourself look better or make your ego feel better all these weird weird things you know once you're engaged in it and the more you do it the more powerful it becomes and the more you notice the the pain of going against it and going against yourself and that really falls into the whole teaching thing and that really falls into the whole expert thing there's a ton of people out there claiming expertise on stuff they're not experts on right there's there's non-experts out there getting paid and they're lying to themselves and they're lying to you and they're lying to the populace and they're out there just running con jobs now usually you can see those people as they get older like their faces harden they become kind of ugly and gross to look at time's crazy like that but in, in their earlier days you can't necessarily spot them from looking at them but uh yeah that's some real shit S Roald Dahl talked about that in the twits um they just people who have ugly thoughts that starts to show on their faces and, and a lie is an ugly thought it's pain it's a self-inflicted pain and people who lie a lot they just start to look fucked up you can see that's why the worst teachers the ones you hate the are the ugliest teachers you know what I mean? Those are the ones with the meanest, hardest, gnarliest, rottenest faces. Ugh. Just thinking about some of them now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yo. Uh, yeah. Synapsion says, I've noticed the truth is more interesting than fiction. It is way more interesting than fiction. That's why I've been finding it difficult to read fiction recently. I read the first fiction I've read in a long time last night. And when I started reading it, I thought it was truth. I thought it was a blog post about something. It was an absolutely incredible piece of writing. I'm going to post it in books when I've finished it in the Discord. Um, who wrote this thing? This is slightly sidetracking here. I shouldn't sidetrack. But it's a piece of writing called The Gig Economy by Zero P. Lovecraft. And it's fucking incredible. And what's incredible about it is it's, it's the truth. It's the truth about now in a way that it's difficult to, to sometimes fiction can tell the truth about the truth better than the truth can because we don't necessarily have language for things yet or things haven't crystallized yet all right this is one of those instances this is fantastic anyway uh shout out to everybody logged in um oh shit shout out to the instagram gang uh pete says would you say there's a limited interval of time which one should attempt to clock in those 10k hours like there's 8,760 hours in a year, so it's two years doing something long enough for you to become an expert. Uh, okay, that's here's the thing. You could hypothetically become an expert in something on the 10,000 hours over the course of 20 years. Because eventually, it's, a lot of it is about things becoming a habit. A lot of it is about ingraining things as habits. As you go through life, you know, uh, more and more of it becomes habit and uh that's kind of what life is that's why life speeds up as you go along because you've turned things into habit so they just unconsciously like you your unconscious fast forwards them because they're habits and uh, a lot of becoming an expert is taking certain things and making them habit you know like i can dj in the dark now like i know where i'm so, i'm so ingrained in like the habits of where certain things are that um i can just, I reach out and hit them unthinkingly you know it's like before the thought has even crystallized, my finger is hitting a certain button, right? And that's, that's habit is ingrained that. And you can ingrain habits over a lifetime. So you could take a long time to log your 10,000 hours, but it would just take you a long time to become an expert. Uh, but I do think that, yes, like, it doesn't matter how long it is that you're logging the time. But I do know that the more you do a thing, like... Uh, it just picks up its own steam. It becomes like the proverbial boulder rolling down a hill. And I've really found this with my experiments in hyper productivity recently. Like the speed and uh, and 
and greatness that these projects I'm doing right now are unfolding because I'm just doing it every day, every day, every day, and I'm becoming quicker and quicker and quicker. Like I did the internet historian water wave and Eric Weinstein projects back to back to back to back. And each one of them was a little more magical than previous and a bit better in ways than the previous and faster. And it was like, it was just spooky. The Weinstein one, I was like, you haven't heard it yet. Um, you know, so you might not like it, but I think it's fucking amazing. And, and the Weinstein one, it was like, all right, I need a piano sound for this thing. And like, literally, I've got like a million piano sounds I could choose from. And literally, the one I choose is the perfect one and it shivers down my spine. Beautiful. And I'm like, all right, let me just test if if I were to get another one. Not as good. Like, what the fuck? It's just really, really magical. You know, so. Um, <laughs> habit, you know, habit, habit and flow are connected. Because uh, if you're getting yourself into a flow state with the thing, then you're, you're, you're kind of, you're making flow the habit. And that's fucking, that's a nuts thing to do. That's a really nuts thing to do. We do not know the upper limits of what happens when you really, really turn flow state into habit. All right? Because brushing your teeth is habit. Going a certain way to walk is habit. Getting a coffee is habit. But flow state, where you get into a zone and everything is magical and it just fucking works and is wonderful, if that becomes your habit, what the fuck happens in what in the world? And also, if multiple people do that, what the fuck happens in the world? And also, if multiple people show other people that, what the fuck happens in the world? If suddenly we're a fucking nation of habitual flow motherfuckers, it's like you've got an inter... It's like... It's uh, it's superheroes basically. It's fucking superheroes. That's what it is. It's the world of superheroes. It's the world of mutants. Someone asked me the other day. They said, "Akira the Dawn, why did you use the X Men anime in the video for You're Oppressed, featuring Jordan Peterson?" That's a great song. Goes, "You're oppressed. You're 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 oppressed." God only knows why. And. uh the reason is because, you know, you think about the X-Men. The X-Men are like, uh, they're the oppressed minority of the, the Marvel Universe, right? They're, that's the basic, the most basic way of viewing the X-Men is, oh, they're an oppressed minority, right? But then you go, oh, yeah, but like each one of them has an, indiv on a, you, you, uh, you zoom in on that and uh, they're a group. The X-Men are a group of mutants. There's lots of different groups of mutants. There's the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. There's the, there's the random mutants who claim no affiliation, Swedish mutants, whatever the fuck, right? Uh, the X-Men, they're a group of mutants, and they're taught by Xavier, Javier, Xavier. <laughs> and uh, what he teaches them is to harness their individual skills, right? And to look at themselves as individuals, because obviously... The uh, ultimate minority is the individual. That's the obvious end conclusion of intersectionality. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, the, uh, each mutant has a very specific individual skill set. And uh, then so they work that out. They learn those and they learn how uh, that they, as an individual, it's only that as an individual they can save the world, but it's an individual working in harmony with the other individuals, right? Working co in a complementary, beautiful fashion, like singing, like singing together, like singing in harmony, right? That's when it. That's when you save. That's when they save the world. That's a beautiful thing. That's a goddamn beautiful thing. So, like, and that's what we're doing here. If we can suss this thing out. This, this is, I'm, you know, I'm very early stages of learning this. I'm experimenting with it, and it's working. And I'm showing you what's working. Uh, hyper productivity, becoming expert, and m making that habit—that's a superpower. And the more of us that do that, I'm kind of excited at what the potential of that is. I'm very excited at what the potential of that is. So yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, what's cracking, everybody? What's cracking, everybody? How are we feeling? Uh, this is the, this is asking, this is asking Kira 21, 21, 21 weeks we've been here doing this thing. And, uh, that, that in itself, right. That's becoming habit. It's quite far from it, but it's becoming habit. It's becoming, I'm becoming, I'm in the early stages of becoming expert at, uh, live streaming to you guys and talking to you guys and, and all that sort of business. There's so much to do to make it better. But uh, we're working on it. Oh, as always, by the way, please tell me how you feel these things could be better if there's anything that uh, could be improved or that sort of thing. Uh, Synapsian points out correctly that the outcome of poor practice habits is not beautiful. 
make it beautiful and practice, practice, practice. Yeah, well, what you've got to do is monitor your habits, you know. It's, here's the thing, right? Habits are a fucking superpower in themselves because it's like, all right, you know, you get really good at, at shooting, right? It's because you've compartmentalized a bunch of stuff and then turned that stuff into habit. Habits are shortcuts. Pium, 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 pium. Just got to be careful what habits you're developing. A lot of people walk around life unthinkingly developing terrible habits. I read a book that suggested the only way of removing a habit is to replace it with another habit. I've discovered this is not completely true because I used to smoke and uh, I didn't replace smoking with another habit. I just stopped smoking. And uh, I don't want to smoke anymore, by the way. It's not like I still want to smoke. I'm not like, oh, I wish I could. I, I, like, I don't even want to smoke anymore. I walk past people smoking and it's gross. All right. So that's not completely true. But I mean, they did it. There's a lot of science in it. And uh, they found that it works. They've found, and AA is based around that. The principle, the whole thing with AA is uh, you replace the habit with another habit. So you replace uh, going to the pub, for example, with going to the meetings. And you go, oh, what is it I liked about drinking? Well, I like talking to people. So, okay, AA gives you people to talk to. Gives you a homie that you can call up at any time. You know, uh, what else? There's another aspect to it of that. But yeah, it's like, you, you know, the, the reason people drink is not because they like losing motor functions and stuff. It's like they like the sort of the things that come with drinking. They like hanging out with people. They like sort of their inhibitions being a bit lowered and like the, the fun that comes with that and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so AA does a pretty good job of replacing those things. I have a friend who was a terrible alcoholic. You know, we had to fucking section his ass. He got crazy. He was in an alleyway, alleyway trying to fucking kill himself with a broken bottle. You know, we had to section his ass and, um, and he went to AA and, that, and that, that worked for him. That worked for him. Okay. And also he didn't, you know, oh yeah, they're like, you have to, you have to submit to a higher power. That's part of it. And a lot of people have a problem with that in the modern world because we're in this kind of like uh, nihilist atheist society that mocks the idea of a higher power. So a lot of them are like, all right, well, my higher self or something like that. But that's what it always, that's all it is anyway. We were talking about this last week. My personal, the way I, I visualize God is the, the best version of, of our human potential, my human potential. That's God, you know. Hercules said a, a wonderful thing the other day. He was like, Dad, who's the best or something? I was like, we're the best, channeling DJ Khaled. And he goes, no, Dad, God is the best. All humans can do is try and be as good as God. So damn, son, that's deep. Damn, my five-year-old son, you bad motherfucker. That's deep, deep. But he's right, he's right. He's totally right. Someone posted, I posted it on my, on my, on my, on my Facebook. And someone said, oh, if only you 